Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz. Great to have your company for the next hour or so for the call live from our Brangaroo studios. Ten stocks picked by you, two experts to run their eye over it, and we do it all in one hour. And uh, joining us today, Ben Clark from uh, TMS Capital. Ben, good to see you. Thanks, Koshi. Welcome. Thanks and also joining us live in the studio, we just thought uh, he was an avatar. Um, <laughs> David Lane from Ord Minute in Brisbane is down joining us live in our Brangaroo right. studios. How are you, David? I'm very well, very well. Glad to be here. Yeah, good yeah. to have you at the studio. And uh, so now, because I often think, particularly when you're um, with Ben on the panel, um, he tends to dominate and it's <laughs> hard, hard to keep him under control from up there in Brisbane. Now, That's right. You're on evil now plane. Now we're on even. Yeah. 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 It's a bit plane. easier when you're in the studio than yeah. on the on Exactly. The, uh, on the exactly. Yeah. Hey, let's get stuck into it because uh, we've got a lot to get through today. We are just talking about it in the, the break. Big stocks, little stocks, big stocks that became little stocks. Uh, Murray Cod, we're in. I don't think we've ever covered Murray Cod here on, on the call. We do Tassel a fair bit and uh, uh, some of the other aquaculture stocks. Aluka uh, Resources, uh, you want to view on. A big stock that's become a small one, certainly a zip. Uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, Unibar Rodamco, the, uh, the Westfield Group, of course. Um, but I thought we'd uh, take a look at uh, our stock of the day, um, one that used to be during the pandemic, before the tech crunch, a real darling of uh, the call here, Appen, the AI group, confirming it's received an over $1 billion takeover from Canada's TELUS group, saying while it will consider the $9.50 a share proposal, it's already seeking improved terms from the tech firm. This is the company, uh, as the company flags its year-to-date revenue and first-half earnings are falling short of previous corresponding period. Naturally, shares are flying in Appen today, up almost 30% to $8.14. Um, ben Clark, if you're an Appen shareholder, you'll be going, you beauty, this is my lucky day because I've been pounded yeah. uh, in the last year or so. Yeah, we're, we are Appen shareholders. Right. And it's been a, um, we've been in there for like five or six years now and um, it's been a wild ride. It's been a really tough couple of years in, yep. in it. Um, they really got nailed by Apple making these iOS changes which stopped Facebook and Google and some of their main customers um, being able to target advertising to their end right. users. And um, it pushed a lot of the spend that was going to happen in AI back and, and cancelled some spend which played havoc right. for Apple's earnings and their guidance. So, you know, I guess today, where you, if, if you're looking at it today, you've got to look at what you think the binary 
outcomes of this bid yep. could be. To me, it's a better chance than the market's suggesting. Telus owns the number two player globally, a company called Lionbridge, which is the yep. main competitor to Appen. So to me, this is not a private equity pseudo who goes and kicks tyres all over the place. These guys know yep. the industry. They would know the challenges that are facing the industry at the moment. I think the idea of being the dominant player in this industry would be a great, you know, yep. and, and a great time, opportunistic time. So I think this has got real chance of okay. going through, but it's obviously very early stages and um, hopefully they can So squeeze. what are you doing as a holding, shareholder now? Definitely holding. You're um, holding? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd, it's early stages. I, 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 I often reckon that these things get leaked by the Telesis, not saying it's happened this time, no. but, you know, sometimes companies sit on these bids and they get frustrated that nothing's really happening, so they go to the, you know, did you know they leak it to the press? That causes yep. shareholders to then say, guys, what are you doing to engage? And um, I just think that probably had a lot of shareholders are pretty happy to move on. And oh, I reckon they'd be really yeah. happy. And um, <laughs> I, I think it's a trade buyer, which always means that there's a higher probability of going yeah, through. Going through. Yeah. Right, okay. So, and if it comes through, you'll just take the money and run. That's, that will be your only choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. David, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd, I'd also be holding the stock at the moment. I think that uh, it, you know, valuation for tech stocks has been the, the biggest challenge in the last six months or so. Yep. Um, remembering the, the stock in August 2020 was trading at $43. So oh, no. it's been absolutely crucified. Um, they're currently trading about 8.14, I think, today. Yes, it's, it's jumped a lot, but it's still well below the bid. So the bid's at, at $9.50. Yep. Uh, there's the potential that sometimes with with these sorts of takeover offers the first offer is not the last so certainly if you're a shareholder in it I'd be holding on to it um, if you're have a big appetite for risk and you mm. you haven't bought the stock maybe there's a bit of a short-term trade that you, yeah. you buy it now for for a, a takeover happening um, but certainly yeah there's a, a lot of long-suffering shareholders in it um, the business long-term is a good business management have got forecasts that, that they want to double their revenue by 2026 right. and obviously that's what uh, tell us have, have seen in that bid it's a funny business though is it sort of a tech business but not a tech business yeah isn't it? it still has big staff and it's yeah <laughs> it's like the picks and shovels of, yes. of tech and yeah. um, but having said that like the thing i've always been attracted to with it is they reckon for every dollar you spend in ai about 10 cents needs to be spent buying the data and ah. these guys lead the data right. globally mm, okay. and um there are other firms in the industry but they're, they're widely seeing as not being very accurate right. which means that the firms buying don't get good outcomes yep okay all right so uh, a hold there for open very timely uh hank wants have you been on murray cod hank says i hear a lot about tassel uh, but what about murray cod it looks to be along the same lines what are the experts think? it's in aquaculture uh, controls breeding, feeding, and water conditions in the life cycle of uh, Murray cod, based in Griffith, of course, as you'd expect, in the Riverina area, has hatcheries, nursery, fish farming. Um, looks to be the same as tassel with salmon down in Tasmania, but it's Murray cod in um, uh, in the Murray. Riverina, and yeah. I must <laughs> must admit, I eat a lot of salmon. 
They need a lot of Murray cod. Doesn't well, it's not really widely a, available. I yeah. don't. It's actually a really good fish to eat, and I think right. they're they're doing a JV with um, you know, Josh Nyland. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah they're they're creating a partnership ah. where he's going to like market because it's seen as like a really good fish. Right. It doesn't get fed a lot of the nasty stuff that they feed salmon. It's right. all plant based, and they can actually grow on that. So right. there's like a, you know, I guess an environmental thing there. Yeah. I haven't looked at it for a while. I mean, I'll start out by saying ag stocks on listed markets are so hard because right. there are so many things that are going to impact this company's earnings year to year. We've seen it with Tassel. Yep. We've seen it with Australian Agriculture. Well, you know, you've got weather, you've got um, feed yeah. prices, um, loss of fish, all these kind of things. But it looks okay. It's just smaller than Tassel. It's got 150 million market cap, 33 in cash. Balance sheet's good. Um, it's only just cash flow positive. It's generating like 400k for the last six right. months, uh, last quarter. Sorry, um, it's got agreements with Woolies and Coles to supply. Um, so they've got this long-term aspirational target of 10,000 tons of fish by 2030. And if it can get to that, it's probably a really good buy now. Right. I can guarantee you, it's going to be a really bumpy ride right. <laughs> along the yeah. way. Um, so I'm yeah. going to go a hold. Okay, David. Yeah, it's not a stock that, that I've really had too much to do with, I've got to say. Uh, and when I looked at their their highlights from their result, their highlights were that their revenue was up by 10% and that their average fish fish size was 2.25 kilograms. Mm. I don't know whether or not that's good, but yeah. apparently that's a highlight. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it, again, it's, it is a stock that, you know, as Ben said, agricultural stocks are, are usually very difficult it's had the uh, the challenges with COVID because we haven't been going out to restaurants. They haven't been able to get their, their fish yeah. to the to the stores. Um, yeah. So it's certainly one that, that has had some impact. Um, probably one that you could maybe put in the, the bottom drawer for a long term, but I'd probably think that there's better better stocks around. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. These uh, we had uh, Select Harvest on the call yesterday. We had Elders last week different panels yeah. to you guys and both of them uh, all of the experts on it said look ag stocks are churn and burn stocks yeah. they're not long-term investments because mm. they're so cyclical and there are so many you know you've got nature you've got everything um, well with select harvest with their almonds it's not just what happens here it's what happens in California yeah yeah uh, the weather affects the price Fires. Yeah, yeah just yeah. too much to worry about compared with other sectors. And Murray Codd was saying that the cool and wet weather impacts the temperature of the water, which impacts the yeah. you know the ability you just, to grow yeah, the fish. You, so. you, you, you never know when you're going to wake up and there's going to be an announcement which you yeah. never could have predicted. Mm. Yeah. East 33 is another one in that space. It yeah. produces nearly all of the oysters on the East Coast, oh, just right. listed, right. just announced to the market that um, a, a hatchery has got you know the virus right. in it and they're going to have to destroy all the oysters. Yeah. Share price halves. Yeah, hard hard work, mm. and particularly when you get a lot of rain and runoff uh, in those oyster yeah. areas, is that they're yeah. very fragile. All right, uh, something uh, a bit more mainstream in the resource area, Aluka Resources. Fred wants a view on that after uh, the pop on Tuesday. Um, big mineral sands, zircon, titanium minerals, also holds uh, a royalty over some uh, the mining area C from BHP in the Pilbara at the moment. Um, David, what do you think of Aluka Resources? Yeah, it, it's a, 
a good quality stock. We think it's probably fair value at the moment, so we've got a, a hold recommendation on it. Um, Iluca um, has a dominant position in the mineral sands area, uh, and that's where the, the market values it. It has also been growing uh, an exposure in rare earths, uh, which you know are a hot topic at the moment. Yep. The lithium stocks and nickel stocks are going very, very strongly. So that's a long-term growth potential for the for the company. It's not a big part of the, the business at this point in time, but really the market isn't valuing that that part of the business uh, to, to any great extent. Mm. Uh, I have read some reports saying that their, their rare earths business, if you apply a multiple that the, the other stocks are trading at, could be worth about $4.5 billion. Oh. But the, the valuation in the current share price is about $1.5 billion. So there, there is long-term potential out of it. Uh, trading on a, a PE of 12.4 times, as I said, we think it's it's fair value at the moment. Um, right. And yeah, be, be holding it if you've got it in the portfolio. Okay. Ben, Yeah, you can see that like that five-year chart there. This is another super cyclical stock. Yeah. Um, mineral sands and zircon are really, the prices move around all over the place. It's very leveraged to construction activity and the prices are very volatile. So um, it's been a, always been a, probably one that you want to buy when it's out of favour, which it's not at the moment. Um, but the rare earth thing is interesting, like they're demerged, this company's going to do two demergers in 18 months, which is pretty unusual. They're mm. demerging their Sierra Leone rare earth assets yeah. into a separate vehicle, concentrating on the Australian ones. I reckon they'll probably then split again because it's such a different business. And David's right, like it, to me, it's probably got a lot more value than the market's putting in there, but it's still early stage. And the, the interesting thing with the rare earths is um, the Australian government and US government are putting a lot of money, like they're helping these businesses, like it's almost yeah, uneconomic right. to build these plants and refineries. And it's a, but it's a strategic thing yeah, for them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big time. Because um, China owns it all. Uh, yeah, yeah, China owns it all. And um, that's why, you know, Linus would have gone to God years ago if it hadn't had the assistance of government. But right. they can see there is a need to keep um, widened supplies of these minerals. It's Trading on 10 times, 3% yield, it's got 400 mil in cash, 300 mil in cash. I'm gonna go buy, I, I, right. I reckon actually looks pretty good. Um, because demergers have worked out pretty well, haven't yeah. they? If you have uh, Woolies and Endeavour, Tabcorp uh, yeah. has gone all right. Incitec Pivot, uh, probably the jury's still out on that, yeah. sort of uh, splitting explosives and fertiliser, but it seems to get some value. Yeah, I think um, if you look at the research, like something like 80% of demergers create long-term shareholder value and huh? something like 80% of takeovers destroy long-term shareholder value. So wow. it's actually the, it's not as exciting as buying something, but right. it's actually, and it makes sense, you know, you get these little parts of businesses which are unloved and they don't have much yep. attention and you hide them off, put get incentivize the staff and suddenly, yeah. you know, they... So you had BHP with South 32, Mm, and yep. it's been good. South thirty two has been terrific. And Blue Scope Steel. Yep. Yeah. Would you buy Woodside now? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> but, they, yeah. but they've hived off all the oil. Yeah. Uh, which is not really a demerger, I suppose. No, it's more, almost a trade sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Luke wants a view where Ben on Zip when you're talking about unloved uh, stocks. 
Luke bought Zip at three bucks. Wondering if the panel thinks this may be a long-term hold or should I just cut my losses? If times get tough with higher interest rates, I can see more people using Zip or will this just be bad debt that Zip ends up with? Good questions. Good Luke, questions. Really good questions. Good questions, because I'm sure there's a lot of people asking those questions. Yep. Um, in not just it, but a lot of, we know that unprofitable tech businesses have been at the coalface, not just here, every market in the world, yep. of what the movement in bond yields. Um, the thing I would say with Zip is it's had its real issues of its own, whereas there's a lot that have kept pushed, you know, hitting their goals and yep. moving to where they are. and. Um, you know, for me, it's the blowout in bad debts that I'd be really worried about with this one. Uh, it, it sounds low, like they said in their last quarterly, 2.6% credit losses on transactions. But they're doing $2 billion in transactional turnover a quarter. So that's like $50 million that they're losing and their revenue is 150. So it's a right. third of their revenue is oh. disappearing. If you yeah. think about it that way, it's like not that. so great. Mm. Yeah. Um, they're doing this Cezil merger, which I, you know, I still can't really get my head around. I guess I get that you need to size up, but I don't know. Um, and they're not going to be cash flow break even until 2024, even with an aggressive cost out program that they're now putting in, which is still some time away. So, look, was it Luke? I, I, yep, yeah, Luke. I'd say to Luke, I, I'll say a hold just because it's been so out of favour and it has been sold off a long way. And they do have a lot of cash on their balance sheet, so they shouldn't need to raise again. But I also would say, you know, there's other businesses in this space which haven't put a foot wrong that have also been smashed. Right. And you might be better being in something there if you like. Like what? Oh, uh, uh, Square Block would be, what? you know, continues two earnings upgrades their last two quarterlies. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's half of where it was at the start of the year. Yeah. But there's a lot of others. I mean, zero, you know, had yep. a great result. Oh, right. 50 okay. down to 90. Yep. So not necessarily in buy now, pay later, just platform no, stock. No, I, I think like I would only buy block in buy now, right. pay later. Yeah. And that's a very different business now anyway. But, you know, there's things like um, Nearmap. It's not one we own, but yeah. they have kept delivering. Yeah. And they've been smashed. Yeah. So there are other you right. know, stocks in that area. And, uh, but at this time of year going into June, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you, yeah. You start, uh, you know, people like Luke. So, yeah. and this depends on your own tax situation. It depends. Uh, we've got to put all the caveats around. It depends on your portfolio That's management right. and structure. You know, stocks like this where you go, geez, I'll just take my tax loss to um, mm. uh, to offset any gains I've had. Yep. Yeah. That certainly uh, certainly will come into into the case and advisors will be looking yep. at people's portfolios at, at this time of the year, which is a great reason to have an advisor, is, yep. is you can do that analysis for, for people. But um, yeah, I we, we actually like Zip and unfortunately, I suppose, for a lot of our, our clients, we've liked it for a, quite a long time, so right. we've, we've ridden that down. Uh, we also like Cezil, which they are merging with and think that that, that merger long term does make sense for both yep. businesses because it gives them a real foothold in the US and, and both businesses do have a uh, exposure in the US. Zip's got a, uh, a new agreement with Best Buy that they've, yep. they've uh, got and Cezil has a uh, big agreement with Target in the US. So they, they are making inroads there. Um, one of the interesting things about Zip's model compared to some of the other 
buy now, pay laters is they actually do a credit check. Yeah. Um, mm. So NAB's actually made an announcement this week that they're, they're launching a buy now, pay later offering and they will do a credit check, uh, whereas the likes of Afterpay don't do that. So. Yeah. But having said that, their bad debts have been rising. So I think mm. it's about 3.4% at the moment. Yep. Um, but yeah, they, they're a bit more conscious about, about that. Um, but have had to be going through a big cost cutting uh, exercise. Their margins, revenue margins are still quite strong at 7.7%. So we think it, at current levels, it's an accumulate. Um, mm. So yeah, we'd be, I've, certainly in Luke's case, either holding them or talking to your advisor about <laughs> whether or not you take the tax loss and, and buy back in. Right, okay, mm. all right. So accumulate for uh, uh, out of all. So it's, it's an interesting time with these types of stocks, isn't it? As, as you were saying, the zeros of the world, even Ordinates yeah. and all of those, these big platform stocks, Yeah. Uh, you know, will it start to turn around? Mm. I, I, we, we're going to talk about it later, so I won't go through it now, but I caught up with CEO of Tyro ah, this week, yep. and just speaking to the CEOs who are in this area, you know, it's, it is interesting where they're sort of saying, you know, four months ago, all of our shareholders were saying, don't worry about profit, we, yep. we want revenue growth. Yep. Yep. And then suddenly they're all saying, and it's like, <laughs> you can't just switch it off that quickly. No. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, you've got to, you commit to projects and all that, you know, you can't yeah. just suddenly turn the dial overnight yeah. and become profitable. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting. And 12 yeah. months ago, no one, yeah, everyone was, could, you know, couldn't get enough of them. They yeah. were, you know, Zip yeah. was trading at $8.90 12 yeah. months ago. Oh, so. I know, I know. Mm. Mm. All right, um, David Talia wants a view on uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, the big uh, salary packaging, novated leasing, fleet management uh, business uh, clients of the uh, federal government, hospitals, not-for-profit, big private corporations as well. Um, the type of sector that always gets very nervous when there's a change of government and maybe change of yeah. FBT or whatever the, that's coming. That's uh, right. What do you think of Macmillan Shakespeare? Yeah, it's it's a fairly conservative, good business, trading on a P of, of 10.8 times, dividend yield yep. of 5.7%. So for a, a, a long-term portfolio, it's a, it's a good quality stock that'll pay good income in there. We've currently got a hold recommendation, but having said that, our target price is 13.09. So mm. that implies an upside of about 13.4% from the, the current right. price. So um, yeah, although officially we've got a hold recommendation on it based on current prices, it, it could well be worthwhile having a look at. Um, with the new federal government coming in, as you said, there really weren't too many announcements about changes in in tax no. legislation. <laughs> so they made Luke from the last election. <laughs> it's, it's every election. It's very around the election. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like there's there's going to be any significant change. Um, one of the negatives they've had is the fact that they do a lot of novated leasing for yep. new cars and. It's been difficult to get new cars, so there's been that supply chain issue, mm. uh, which has had a bit of an yeah. impact on on the business. But yeah, we think it's a it's a reasonable business, um, good portfolio stock to mm. to hold for a good income. Okay. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, you know, this is the time to buy it, really, because um, you've now got three years where you don't have to worry about politics, because this, for whatever reason, does come up nearly every election cycle. So yep. you've probably got a few years of clean air. It looks cheap. 
Um, David's right, you know, the biggest issue they've got is they can't get the cars, there's more demand than they can supply the customers. Um, and it looks, you know, like um, the, the balance sheet's pristine to me, it's got net cash, the fleet's got some debt against it, but you know, it's also got assets against it, and those assets are bizarrely going up in price almost, so we're going to make a little win for selling them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think it looks pretty good. I'll go buy. Going to buy on yep. Macmillan Shakespeare. And um, always keeping an eye on if we're going to have a budget in October and Jim Chalmers, the uh, new treasurer, is saying, oh, we've got to make fundamental decisions on mm. bringing the budget deficit in. Yeah. You've got to, um, got to uh, be very aware of that. Uh, on the cars, it's in, I've got a, a son-in-law in the car business and a number of people who are coming up with dodgy names to get on waiting lists for <laughs> Toyota right? Land Cruisers really? and getting really? them to, and then flogging them at sort of 20% premium mm. to no uh, back to car dealers. Oh, <laughs> no. Entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah, it's a real yeah. arbitrage at the yeah. moment. He said, that's why it's so hard to get stock because you have investors almost <laughs> buying, them. buying them in the used car market. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> In the new car market, rather. Um, all right. Uh, ben Bryan wants a view on Unibar Rodemco Westfield. Uh, Bryan says, I'd be interested. It's dropped 10%. Uh, in the last week or so. No news except director buying and uh, maybe caught up in the falls on the US retail stocks like Walmart, uh, which got really hammered last week, didn't it? Mm. Um, it's a landlord, not a retailer, so perhaps turnover-based rents are expected to be adversely affected. Would that be the reason for it? What do you think of Westville? Uh, I think it's a sell. Um, uh, this, these guys are still suffering from Frank Lowy selling his entire portfolio at the very top of the market. Yeah. And they've, they, they took on a lot of debt at the time to fund that acquisition. Now, these are the overseas That's Westfields, right. aren't they? Yeah. Not the Australian Not ones. the Australian. Yeah. Uh, Westfield America, it used to be called. Yeah. Um, there's some Europe, there's some London stuff. But um, the problem they had is they just had too much debt. And then yeah. they went into the COVID downturn and they've just been scrambling ever since. And their you know, deleveraging plan is... Um, at the moment, they still have about 50% debt to equity, so they've still got 19 billion euro in debt. Um, and the thing that would worry me is, firstly, they've, they're basically selling off all the um, offshore Europe stuff, and pr principally America, so they're going back to what they were before this whole thing right. started. And right. Europe's probably, I reckon, the most likely continent to go into recession um, over the next year or two, yeah. um, which will see a downturn um, in consumer spending and probably valuations. But even if that doesn't happen, it's just the debt's too high still. It's still yeah. too high. Um, you know, and in this area, you can buy good quality names like Goodman Group at the moment, I reckon it's a great buy. Yeah. Um, it's got 8% debt to equity. It's yeah. in a roaring asset class and it's come yeah. off 26 to $19 yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, focus on the businesses that are delivering right. and not trying to buy things cheap in this Is Centre Group in the same position? I, they, they look pretty good, I reckon. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I'd say they'd be a, like a whole because right. I think the economy here is going better and I right. think the, the value of the assets probably understated. Uh, and it was always a time to get out when the lowies get out, when Absolutely. the founders get out, you go, nah, yeah, head <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, David? Yeah, I agree with everything that Ben, ben said, that uh, yeah, we've got a lightened recommendation on them as well. Right. Um, our target price is $4.70. They're trading a little bit above that at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, their, their strategy is really to, to try and divest a lot of their, their properties. Um, that's probably the one caveat that I'd say is that they are trading at a 33% discount to their net asset value. Uh, now, you're reliant on them actually achieving that net asset value when they sell those properties. And yeah. with rising bond rates, the valuations tend to tend to come down. Um, so there's you know a bit of a question mark over that. So certainly one that uh, yeah I don't really see t- too much too many reasons to be in the stock, and I'd be uh, be getting out of them if 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 they're in the portfolio. Okay. All right. Let's uh, recap the uh, the first five stocks uh, for the first half hour. Murray Cod, uh, sorry, Appam was the stock of the day, so uh, that's a hold from both uh, Ben and David pending uh, the takeover. Um, Murray Cod, uh, a no from uh, David, a hold from uh, from Ben. Aluka Resources, Ben likes that and sees that as a buy at the moment, a hold from uh, from Ords. Uh, Zip, a hold from Ben. Ords have an accumulate on it at these levels. Uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, a hold from uh, from uh, David at Ords and a buy from uh, from Ben and a sell for Unibail, Rodamco, Westfield. Um, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund, which is picked by our investment committee, which includes Ben. Uh, latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. Uh, let's check in with uh, a portfolio update and at the last committee meeting, uh, Tabcorp, Domino's, Ardent Leisure and Tyro were added to the portfolio, shifting the original allocations and, and cash holding size. Uh, so far, our fund since the 1st of March uh, down 5.3%. Um, keep sending in your request for the call because that's the, the first filter to send stocks up to uh, the investment committee. If a stock gets two yeses from our investment committee, uh, from our um, uh, call panel, it goes up to the investment committee and they discuss whether it should go in or if stock's already there, uh, should it come out again. So it's a way of all of us learning how investment professionals think and balance their portfolio and the like. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Welcome back to the call. Second half of the call, we're about to kick off uh, Five Stocks Tyro uh, that was added to uh, the call's investment portfolio at the last committee meeting, Midway, City Chic, Medibank and Bravura. All right, Tyro, Ben, you've just been talking to the Chief Executive. Yes. What have you deduced? Um, Well, look, I won't go into all of it, but I mean, the main question I had is that which I think a lot of these CEOs are dealing with is, you know, shareholders have suddenly, as we were speaking about earlier, suddenly gone from, you know, revenue multiples, wanting companies to aggressively chase after revenue, etc. And suddenly all the focus has gone to profit. Share prices have tanked across the sector, yep. particularly for unprofitable. Um, and sort of how you weigh up what the market's looking for now um, versus um, achieving what you said you were going to do at the start right. of the year. And yep. that's 
kind of the and you know sort of Robbie said like that's the tricky balance um, yeah. companies have capital commitments they've got you know things that they're um, trying to move toward you can't just suddenly click your fingers yep. and start cutting your cost base aggressively to so I think for me um, like I feel like the company feels like it's really delivering now it's had its first six months with no lockdowns across the country yeah. We can see that revenue... And just for people who don't know, uh, they do the point-of-sale machines yeah. for yeah. lots of retailers, small business. They're, they're a financial stocks, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they report every week yeah. on their sales. And, and Irvin, who wants a view on this, yeah. says uh, sales are up 35 to 40% every week. Yeah. I don't recall yeah. seeing less than 35% increase in any recent... Re- it's fairly risk-free. They own their FPOS um, uh, machines. But Shep, price keeps going in the wrong direction. Yeah, and so I, I think I'd say to Mervyn that the, the main reason is just the area that they're in. There hasn't yeah. been a bad announcement from the company to trigger this, probably similar to Zip in some ways. It's yeah. unprofitable tech is suddenly not where anyone wants to be in a rapidly rising bond yield environment. Um, the other thing he should be thinking about is not just revenue. You've got to think about earnings and you've got right. to think about costs. Like some companies have been guilty of effectively buying revenue. You know, mm. like they've. Yeah. Their acquisition cost is and, more. And their costs yeah. are going up at the same rate. So it's sort of like, what, what point? And that's, that's Robbie, I think he says that's my. The key aim of the company going forward is to show the operating leverage in the business, yeah. i.e., as that revenue runs, you start to see it drop to the bottom line at a faster rate than the revenue's running. Right. So, look, I'm, I'm going to say a hold because I'd like to see, you know, and we sort of said we'd like to see an update to the market given the, you know, the, the, the move the share price has had in terms of what that cost base is looking like. And then we can all go away, do our numbers because... As I said, like this company has not had a normal six months pretty much since it listed because yep. of the lockdowns. And um, how was the management regarded in all of these sort of things? I think Robbie's regarded very well. Right. He ran What If um, yep. t- through to Takeover. He ran Queensland Unitab. Um, I, I, TDM, I think, parachuted him into that job. Right. And I think in the industry, he's seen as a very good operator. Okay. And in our dealings with him, he's been first rate. Yeah. Um, I, I think you just got to come back. You just got to. It's not necessarily what the company's done. It's also. It's just part of the market. The investors don't mood of the market at the moment. Yeah. Right. David. Yeah. Agree with a lot of what Ben has has said as well. Long-winded um, answer. We met with uh, with Robbie and management uh, just after their results, okay. uh, and yeah, similar sort of story. That he's very very well credentialed. They've got a really good team in place. They do $28 billion worth of transactions a year. Uh, and as Irvin had said, that's up 35%. And as Ben said, in a, in a period where you've had lockdowns across the, the country. So we think that it does have a, a lot of growth. They've been growing their merchant acquisition. So they're putting the, the terminals into, into a lot of new businesses um, or new businesses to Tyro. Uh, and they are actually now starting to cross-sell some merchant products. So they're actually going to their retailers uh, and their customers and actually offering them some, some financing. Right. Because often your cafes and your, your restaurants, it's difficult to get financing. Yep. Yep. Tyro have got a banking licence. They're actually able no. to do that. So, so they, they can do some cash flow financing. Cash flow financing, like yep. et cetera, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we actually like it. Um, we think that 
the, those costs, as, as Ben had said, um, one of the things that they did do was hold back some of their cost increases from their, their merchants because during COVID they didn't want to hit them with, yeah. well, now your costs are, are increasing. They, they had to rebuild their reputation, didn't they? Because yeah. during that pre-Christmas, yep. not they last year, the they year had before, an outage, they yeah. had an outage, That's didn't right. they, which affected a lot yep. of them. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, we like it. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Right. Our target price is $3. Uh, $3? So <laughs> what is a dollar now? Yep, okay. Yeah, 99 cents. So uh, yeah, upside of 67%, but obviously very, very high risk. Um, right. So... Uh, but yes, long, longer term we like okay. it. So, in this environment, yeah, um, it's sort of colloquially here on the call being called a nibble. Um, do you look at good stocks, and by the sound of it, you think this is good yep. value, a good stock? You don't go boots and all in, and no, I can never pick the bottom of the market as well. No, but do you do you put do you have a little portfolio? of stocks that you think, yeah, they've just been smashed. They've got to be better than this. Now, you've got to be a bit choosy, but yeah. you have a portfolio of five or six and yeah. maybe a couple come off and it's worth it. Double well, or triple I should have back. disclosed before that I, I did buy Tyro in my own super fund. So right. as you said, about a month ago, thought that's a great business. It's a really good mm. price. So I've, I've got some in my super fund. Um, but yeah, as you say, probably about 5 to 10% of, right. of your, your portfolio you might allocate towards right. those sort of smaller stocks yeah. that have the potential of, of doubling over the next yeah. 12 months. I think Is it irrational to think that way? No, I don't think so. I think you, it's just making sure you keep your position size appropriate. If you're right. going into an unprofitable business that's got yeah. big potential goals and upside, but we all know they don't all get there. Yeah. You know, you, you just got to make sure you don't... Um, love it to death you know yeah. or keep chasing it down or yeah, yeah. um you, yeah. you, you, you know, don't marry it no one and a half two percent you know waiting to something like that i yeah. you know it is generating half a billion in revenue so yeah. to the business um so it's it's not really a micro cap or anything or mm. a small cap even you'd say it wasn't the asx 200 when it floated so yeah. um um, but yeah, it's it's just not going out and thinking oh, I'm just going to have a massive punt on this, yes. and then seeing it halve and going, oh god, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. You know, that's the. It's a bit like the recommendation on biotechs in the past. Yeah. People have said, hey, do a collection of five. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep it small. Yeah. That's but right. But that's the way to approach it. Have have your have your big foundation stocks in your self-managed super fund or whatever. Yeah. And just say, okay, I'm won't have any more than 5% in five stocks like this. Correct. Yeah, yeah okay. that's right. Yeah. All right, interesting. Um, Grace wants a view, David, on Midway. Uh, they're in um, uh, the paper business or wood fibre, export of uh, pulp and paper and associated products, basically softwood wood chips. Yeah, the, the share price uh, and, and the company, I suppose, has been through a tough time. Uh, their result was disappointing with revenues down and, and their profit down 89%. Uh, it's been impacted by initially the, the power um, shortages in China and the power rationing that were, was there. Then the supply, case, uh, supply chain constraints and now the, the lockdowns <coughs> in China because effectively they... They uh, yeah, 
send the, the pulp over to, to China to get mm. made into, into wood products. Um, so it's, it's had a tough time. Uh, we've got a new CEO in, in the business, Tony McKenna, and, and he's done a strategic review. They've just announced that they're selling off one of their plantations, so they'll, they'll get over a period of two years, they'll get uh, cash into the business of about 154 million. Um, that will ultimately probably get paid out as dividends. Right. Uh, but then they're also looking at some land acquisition and looking at a new carbon credit revenue stream. So there's the potential that they they end up uh, utilising a, a bit of the the fact that they do grow a lot of lot yep. of trees. So uh, you know could play into that climate theme. Um, we've currently got a hold on on the stock um, target price of a dollar twenty two, but I think there's probably better better stocks around. Okay. Ben? Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, it's This was, I only had a quick flick. I'd never looked at Midway. It's quite a small stock. It's very illiquid, mm-hmm. barely trades. Um, yeah. But um, average result, um, only just, actually they lost negative 10 million in cash flow. They've got quite a bit of debt, um, 50 mil in debt. So you'd normally actually be quite worried about this, but they have done this transaction and there was a 15 point presentation on that. It looks like cash flow is gonna come back to them over a period of time. Yeah. What the business looks like post that transaction, you'd really need to get your head around. Um, but it does look like it'll mean that the business is on a stable footing balance sheet wise. But you know, to me, like their revenue dropped a, half, a third last half. Um, but even when it was, you know, the, the, the pre-CP, they still only just broke a profit. So, and right. that was on 50 million more revenue. So it's kind of like one of these agricultural stocks. You know, there's so many different swing factors. David was yeah. just saying, you know, how prices in China, what are the price of the, the chips and, you know, mm. the costs and yeah, too hard for me. So okay. I'll go sell. All right. Um, now, uh, Shamira uh, wants a view on City Chic Ben, the, uh, the women's fashion retailer, um, basically plus size is their, their niche. Uh, 200 global locations, um, New Zealand, Europe, North America, United Kingdom. Um, what do you think of City Chic? This one looks interesting. I know a lot of fundies really rate this business, yep. but it's done really poorly this year. Um, and the management team are really well regarded, so that's a big tick in retail. I think they've got the niche, you know, I think that's an important thing in retail is you do something specialised that not a lot of other people do and you yep. do it well. And yep. plus size clothing, um, they, they believe is that area and it appears to have done well for them. The concerns look like they're around a slowdown in sales and quite a big build up in inventory. So what a lot of retailers are doing at the moment, because they're worried about getting stock because of supply chains, is they're building up stock levels, which could be good. Which you've got to pay up front. Yeah, pay up front. But you've got to finance it until you flog it. And you've got to sell it, you know, and if this stuff, you know, if it goes out of fashion or, you know, it's got a use by date generally, and then it's money down the drain. So. It looks to me like that's where the market's worried is there's been um, strong top line growth, but that's mainly because of the store rollout. Um, The organic growth looks quite weak uh, in the last period and um, a significant inventory buildup, which is kind of like a bit of a red flag. So I'd say a hold because um, I do think this business is well regarded and it could be it could be a good move. If they can move yep. that inventory, you could yep. see a real strong period. A lot of retailers got a chart like that. 
at the moment. They do, yeah. um, Accent came up last week on the call uh, with Mark Morlin and, and Mark Gardner. And uh, Mark Morlin loves Accent Group. Uh, Brett Blundy's been buying some more shares in okay. it, so big retail. Yeah. But then Mark Gardner went for City Chic instead. Right. Uh, okay. Said he liked the management yeah. better at City Chic. Yeah. And, um, they were um, had a good plan to go forward. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but they've all all doing it tough. Oh, like even Premier Investments is the top one. I yeah, think, and um, that's dropped a third this year. Yep. Um, yeah, and I just think the market is pricing in a, a decent economic slowdown. Right, a recession. Maybe a recession. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, feels that way to me. Yeah, David. Yeah, we like uh, City Chic. Boards have got a buy recommendation on it. Um, target price is four dollars. So. And that probably reflects the fact that the, the share price has, has come down as much as it has. Um, but we think that you know it will have future growth. They are doing the, the store rollout, rollout in Australia. Uh, in the US, they're fairly aggressively yeah. expanding there as well. And they've just made an acquisition in Europe, uh, which is, mm. um, it's meant that in the short term, they've, they've had a bit of an impact on, on their funding of, of that acquisition, yeah. but longer term, uh, so new new brand, uh, they'll look to look to get additional growth through that. So yeah, we like it. Uh, it's trading on a, a PE of 18.6 times, probably not cheap for a retailer. Oh, that's high for a retailer. Yeah, so. yeah and not paying a dividend yield. From memory, Accent was 12, I yes. think. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and JB Hi-Fi is only... 11 or something is that's it? right yeah, yeah yeah and we do like jb hi-fi as well yeah. as a as a core retailer yeah. uh this is probably one that's um looking for that that longer term growth yeah. um through the through the rollout yeah. of new stores okay let me ask you both chances of a recession um markets were uh, particularly in the us banking on it fed comes out yeah. last yep. night and saying well don't get us wrong we're not gonna you know, put up interest rates to smash the economy, yep. um, and that seemed to to boost confidence. Um, ben, you were saying you thought Europe's more likely to go in, into one than yep. the US. Yep. Um, what about here? Uh, I don't know. I, it feels to me like there is a good chance of one. Um, yeah. It really, I think it, a lot of it comes down to how hard central like when push comes to shove mm. when central banks are you know tipping not now like when rates are really starting to get uncomfortable and if there is still an inflationary problem yeah. do they keep do they do the buller you know thing and just take on inflation and say the reset the, the economy's got to take a yep. hit yeah. um, so i think the big part is how persistent inflation is and it's really Honestly, there's so many people with so many different views on this all over the yeah, world, and yeah. it's the million-dollar question because I went to a, a presentation the other day of like a debt fund manager and the really smart guys, and he was saying, you know, they could put up interest rates to 10%, but the portmaster in Shanghai is not going to wade through the ships any faster. Right. So there's an element of all of this that rates are not going to control, yeah. and um, I think Jerome Powell, if push comes to shove, he'll step back. I think he's more a pro-markets guy yeah. and, um, and he'll support the economy. And do you think Philip Lowe is as well? I don't know. Like, you know, RBNZ lifted to two yesterday. They said they're going to go to three by August. We're still yeah. at 0.35. Yeah. I think we've just been caught way behind the curve here. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's going to be the challenge here is we're going to need to up. catch up. and. Yeah. Um, 
how that impacts consumer spending and behaviour. But yeah. you've got to be open. The market is telling you that a, a recession is becoming an increasingly likely right. bet, okay. I reckon. David, what's the odds view? Yeah, our view is that there's a greater likelihood that the US does go into recession, less likelihood that Australia right. does, that we think the 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 Federal Reserve and the Reserve Bank are, are fighting slightly different battles at the moment and the Federal Reserve probably needs to be a bit more aggressive uh, and they're hoping for a Goldilocks scenario where it's yeah. not too hot, not too cold yeah. and that we get that, that soft landing. Um, if the Federal Reserve is to be believed, well, you know, that's, that's yeah. well and good. If not, well then, yeah, they, they could face a recession. But here, and, I, and I've got to say, well, you can't believe the Reserve Bank. <laughs> like, like no. still the end of last year, they were saying, don't worry, go out and borrow. No rate increase till 2024. Mm. It's crazy. And now, yep. uh, so all of their credibility has been destroyed. That's right. Yeah, yep. exactly. And they've got to rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the other interesting question is, if we do go into a slowdown, is the growth stocks which have been smashed this year? They're the businesses that can keep growing their earnings regardless yeah. of if we do go into recession. Mm. But there'll be so many businesses like City Chic and others that'll be really hit if we do. Yep. And you know, and the banks and stuff like that. So the, you know, you wonder if um, you know, your CSLs and your ResMeds and those sort of businesses that actually wouldn't really matter to them if they had yep. a recession, if the money then gravitates back to them. If yeah. you, you know, bizarre. Okay. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting, isn't it? Sort of uh, so many unknowns, and for a new government coming <laughs> coming into here, it's a tricky situation. Uh, Gwen wants a view, Ben, on Medibank. Gwen says, curious on your take after all the talks in private healthcare takeovers. The recent Booper one also comes to mind. Is there something these companies know that the market doesn't? Uh, well, um, look, I, I'm going to go hold on Medibank. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure about takeovers. I, I don't. It's long been seen that there should be consolidation in this sector. There's yep. too many players. Um, um, Booper's having a big Barney with Ramsey at the yep. moment. Um, but the, the, the thing we do know is all of these companies have had an incredible run because no one could go and get any surgery, like elective mm. surgeries mm. done. So, you know, all, they've got all these policyholders that have got dodgy knees or, you know, what, <laughs> hips or whatever that needed, they still need these procedures done, but they haven't been able to get into a hospital because of COVID. Yep. So the reason, Medibank should be doing well now because it should be a business in a rising interest rate environment you want to own. The, they, they'll be able to put up their policies ahead of inflation and um, they've got money invested in bond markets and stuff like that, so they'll be getting a better return. But the question for them is, what does like a normalised claim outlook look like? Because mm. there's going to be a backlog that they'll have to pay out on, and yeah. you know, sort of how big is that? I'm not too sure. Okay, so a hold for you. Uh, what about odds? A little bit more positive. We've just recently upgraded our, our recommendation on it. Um, to an accumulate uh, target price of 350, so slightly above where they're they're right. trading at the moment. Uh, and part of the the reason that we did upgrade is because of their their um, you know, benefit that they'll get from rising bond yields, uh, and also the the good claim environment that they've been going through. Uh, probably the the one caveat that Medibank has is that the ALP. ALP government, mm. still getting used to actually saying <laughs> that, but um, they, they actually you know, have been talking about healthcare and talking about 
uh, wage rises in in the healthcare sector. Um, so that could have a bit of a squeeze on yep. on the hospitals, uh, and you know, could have a, a bit of an impact on on Medibank. We'll have to wait to see what the actual policies are to, to yep. determine that. But yeah, we've got an accumulate recommendation okay. on it. All right, and our final stop, Barry wants a view, David, on Bravura Solutions. The uh, uh, the big software company that focuses on wealth management, life insurance, funds administration. Yeah, we like we like it. It's uh, yeah, got a buy recommendation on it, uh, trading on a PE of nine point seven times. Dividend yield six point one percent, so it's a mm. it's a good dividend yield. Fully um, frank. No, no, they're not paying um, franking on on that. They yep. they have some international business as well as right. Australian. Yep. Um, they did actually downgrade their earnings in their their last result by about twenty five percent, but you know, we think that, that longer term it, it is a good business. Uh, and the other the reason that they downgraded those earnings was somewhat due to their rising employee costs. So um, you know, we're we're talking about potential wage rises of five point one percent. Well, Bravura right. in February said their wages are going up by 10% on, on average across the board. So um, that's one business that's already had that. Um, but it's got a strong pipeline of projects and they are quite sticky customers. Mm. So it's the, the sort of software that um, super funds and wealth management firms don't, don't change their software too often. Yeah. Um, once it's in, it's in for a long time. And a lot of their staff would be uh, uh, dev Developers, that's and, right. Uh, yes. Getting big pay increases at the moment because you can't get them. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah. laughs> uh, ben, what do you think of I'll, I'll go hold. Yeah, I agree with everything David said there. I think it's a really stable business. It probably yeah. is looking cheaper now than it has for some time because you saw that long-term five-year chart. They, had, they actually have been slowly lifting their earnings over that five-year period. They did have a downgrade in February, and I've just learned right. the hard way: don't buy companies in downgrade cycles. So, is that, that what you do? Is that sort of part of your um, your your filters, if you like? Yeah. That, that you never buy until an upgrade. I reckon. Comes I, I've in the learned cycle. it. I've done it too many times to yeah. tell you. And See, Nathan talks about that all the time as well. So, yeah. even if you love the stock, even if you think it's going to turn around. You never buy it when it's in a downgrade cycle. Yeah, that's because they they always last for longer than you think. Yeah. It's, it's very few businesses just suddenly turn the corner and, yeah. and things yeah. are great again. And um, I think, look, uh, Iris is another good business in this space yeah. that I yeah. probably prefer to buy over Bravira. Okay. Uh, it's very similar. It's um, We use its products every yes. day and um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no one, no real competitor. And, and um, it's so do we here on Ausbiz. Yeah. So they're good people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure if they're a good investment, but they're good people. You say they're a good I, investment. I think they're, they're a stable technology business right. which pays a nice dividend and isn't expensive. Yep. And okay. will slowly eke out some growth. All right. Let's just recap our final five stocks. Uh, Tyro, uh, Ben has a hold. David uh, at Ords has... Uh, a buy on it. In fact, he's taken his own advice and put some in his <laughs> self-managed super fund. So he likes the company so much he's bought it. I was had a shaver. Uh, yeah. Uh, Midway, a hold from David, a sell from Ben. City Chic, uh, a buy from uh, David and Ords, a hold from Ben. Uh, Medibank and Accumulate from uh, from Ords and David, a hold from Ben. And Bravura, a buy from uh, David at Ords. Uh, ben has a hold on it and prefers Iris in those in that area. Um, if you're looking for one, 
Uh, David Lane from Ordman, good to see you. Um, Thank you. Safe it's travels back enjoyable. to Brisbane, it's terrific. Thank Welcome you. anytime to coming to the Brangaroo <laughs> Studios. Ben Clark from TMS, always Thanks, great Dave. to have you aboard. Thanks. Thank you for Thanks, that. Uh, if you have any stocks you'd like us to uh, have a look at for me to put to our expert panels, put them in an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. You can check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.